I want to talk to you. We have been, I have been working with my staff um, with a new vision statement and mission statement, and I'm not, I'm not going to share exactly what that is yet. I'm still chewing on it. But I want to share with you where my heart is and see if we're all on the same page. I, I'm, I don't think that you're going to see anything different than what I've been talking on. And it is, it's family. And that's what we did the last four weeks on Wednesday night is try to just be family. Um, but family working together with a purpose. We're not just a family showing up. We're a family. We're a church body showing up with a purpose. And um, I want to tell you what I, I feel like the Lord has placed in my heart this week, last week at, on vacation and the week before I left, uh, what the Lord is placing on my heart for how that family works. And it's a big circle. It's kind of a a flow chart that doesn't end. It's kind of like if you remember the marriage conference, the crazy cycle, but this isn't a crazy cycle. It's just kind of the circle of, of the kingdom, I, I guess. I'm not trying to change the word of God. I'm just trying to say the way I see it. Um, but when you look at family, uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 4. Now, I want to talk to you about who I am and the way God's made me. And what God's put in my heart is to find what you are, what you do, what you love, and help you do that. That's what happened with me and sound. To be honest with you, the people that called me back there to sound had no idea because I'd never done it before. How could they have known? They didn't even know me. Chris, Pastor Chris and Cindy didn't even know me. I'd met them once. They didn't know me, but God knew where to put me. And I got back there, and I would have done that forever for free hours upon hours. I loved it. It was where my heart was. I felt like I was contributing. Um, and that's what I want you. That's what I want you to be able to lock in to the body. And I'm going to show you a little bit about, I believe, how the Word shows us how the body works. But I had a part. I had a place. I went in there, and I did not save all good First Baptist sound. I went in there as a doofus, not knowing what I was doing, the band figured out I didn't know what I was doing. They wouldn't listen to me. I wouldn't give them any advice because I had nothing to give them, but I knew that's where I was to, supposed to be. So I started digging. I started working. I started building relationship, and we started to grow together. Uh, and it's where I was called to be. That's what my heart is. Kind of the way that the Lord has geared me is I am score very high in administration, and I believe that's kind of... I believe the Lord's gifted me to notice resources, notice people and their abilities, and God's put me in a place to give you opportunity. Uh, and that's what I want to do. I want to find out what you love, what you'll do for free, what you would do sleeping, dreaming, your dream. What's your dream? What do you love? Well, I don't really know, but this is what I like to do. Okay, let's talk about that. Let's see how that fits here. Because you have tremendous potential. I don't know that I had all that much potential, but I can tell you I exploded back there. My life with the Lord changed when somebody put me, when I got put in a place to serve that I loved. God reached me there. I was not being reached. I was not serving God. I was 25 years old, spirit-filled, saved at five years old, baptized at five years old, but I was not serving the Lord. I was going to church trying to be a good husband, be a good dad, six-month-old child, that one. That's when I came. She was six months old. 
my wife coming in pregnant, them thinking that she's a single mom with a child, then she shows up pregnant. Now what's going on with this woman while I'm back there in the sound booth? And she goes, it's okay, my husband's in the sound booth. I'm not kidding. People were questioning her, ready to pray for her. Let's go lay hands on her. She's got problems. She's coming in. Now she's pregnant. Oh, Lord, what are we going to do with her? Well, her husband's in the sound booth. Romans chapter 12, verse 4 says, just as each bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so is it with Christ's body. We are many parts as one body and we all belong to each other. You are not here because you just happened to spontaneously pick Church on the Hill. You are here on purpose. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you a message Sunday morning that God had a plan and you just didn't know it. God had a plan for you, for you personally, for you and your spouse, for you and your kids, for you and your future, for you and your church, for his body, for you to fit in in one place. Not 10 places, one. He has one body for you to fit. And right now, it's here. And God's got a place for you. You are a part of the body and you fit. I don't fit. Okay, then we need to work on it. Can everybody hear me? You have a part. It talks later in 1 Corinthians about parts of the body. Uh, Some are seen more important than others. Some are seen, some are not seen. They're all vital. Every part is vital. Your part is vital. But as I'm talking about family and kind of the vision that I see for us, okay, getting the parts of the body into the right place, and then we begin serving together. Um, I don't know if you could see what was happening on Wednesday nights, but we had a team that kind of changed each night, but we had a core team that was serving together every night uh, with Carl and Carlton and Bud, and then some of the people that were serving in the lines, some were there every single week to do it. And we found our place, nobody was stepping on each other's toes, and we, I felt like that just went like a breeze, and there was no training, we didn't talk much about it, did we? Y'all just dove in. And we just served. And that's what I'm talking about is we didn't have to, I didn't have to go beg anybody. I didn't have to beat anybody over the head. We just started serving together. And everybody got fed. Everybody got to visit with each other. Stuff got cleaned up. I couldn't keep Dortha out of the kitchen from washing the dishes. I yelled at her a couple times and she said, you can yell all you want. I'm not leaving. I said, okay. Thank you. (laughs) She was. Uh, I didn't talk as hateful to her as I would to my mama, and that's not very nice, but that's how we do sometimes with our family. But then as we start serving together, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 talks about the spiritual gifts. And a gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. You have a gift. You have a spiritual gift. Some of them are more obvious than others, but you do have a gift that the church needs to know and needs to let you operate in. If it's the gift of prophecy, let me tell you, we need it. If it's the gift of tongues, let me tell you, we need it. If it's the gift of service, if it's an apostolic gift, if it's a pastoral gift, if it's an evangelistic gift, we need it. Those things are not bad. They have just been, Satan has made them look bad. They are not bad. They are powerful. And when we begin to operate as a family, as a body, in the right place, at the right time, my arm doesn't just choose to smack myself in the head. It just doesn't. 
My arm lines up with the rest of my body. My legs line up with the rest of my body. My heart, my brain, it all lines up and works. My brain doesn't try to be my feet. My feet doesn't try to be my fingers. And my fingers don't try to be my nose. They work in unison, in unity, in harmony with each other. And it is an awesome thing when people start to find their place. Amen? Are you all with me so far? Then we get to working together and we start rubbing each other. That's where the bearing with one another happens. I start to notice your blemishes and you notice mine. You spill something on me. Sarah Beth made cookies last night and spilled uh, baking soda all over one of my computers. And had the computer on the counter and the mixing ingredients on the counter and one thing led to the next. Well, we had to bear with one another. We didn't have the option of breaking and I'm gonna go to another church. Sarah Bet didn't have the option, I'll just go to another family. That's what we do. Now, we would never do that at home. I don't know, maybe some do. Some get so bad that you do. But we wouldn't do that at home. I wouldn't even consider that. You got baking soda, that's bad. We need to get some compressed air and I need to teach you, don't put my computer in that spot the next time. And she's the most precious thing ever. It was an accident. And I didn't freak out. Yeah. So I'm bearing with one another. I'm kidding. But I want you to know we get close enough, we're going to have to bear with one another. Stick around long enough. I've made this joke so many times. If you've never been offended in church, just stick around. Just stick around. If you've never been offended in marriage, wait another day. You've only been married one day, wait till tomorrow. There's always tomorrow. It's going to happen. You are not going to always see things exactly the same. But we are learning and growing and we're being equipped with, with what I believe is the key to this family working, which is the message of the gospel, which is the word of God, the presence of God, the spirit of God, and the body of God. That's what we have that lost families don't. We have the good news. You know what the good news is? The good news is that Jesus died paid the price for your sin so that you can be free of it. You don't have to walk with that guilt. He has made a way for you to not stay here on this earth and die and go to hell, but to have eternal life with him. A place that has no sin, a place that has no pain, a place of joy and rest and peace. We have hope We have hope that the things that we face, the Lord has given us the tools and the ability and the instruction to overcome whatever we're facing. And let me tell you, as a family, we are facing so much. I don't think I've ever felt as much weight, weighty, weightiness as what I'm facing. And so many families that are walking in tonight share with me the weightiness of the things that they're facing. We're facing so much, but I want you to know I have hope. 
there is an end to the storm. There is something good at the end of it. The Lord is with me and he will not forsake me. Now it stinks what we're walking through, but he's not left me. I still have hope in the midst of walking through hell. I do. I, can't, I don't know that I can explain it, except that it's in me. That's the Holy Spirit confirming himself in me. That's what I have. That's what we have as a family. So, you have a calling in this church. You have a gift. You have a talent. You have a desire. You are a part of the body that fits somewhere. It's your responsibility to start trying to find that. It's mine too, to start trying to help you find it. But it's not just my responsibility. As I moved from the sound booth to the, to the stage, to playing piano and to singing, I had to kind of give some hints. I had to kind of instigate, hey, I'd kind of like an opportunity if I ever get one. Hey, I don't really know how y'all do this band stuff on the chords and that sort of thing, but I would love to be a part of it. And I'll work hard. And just give me a shot. Hey, I told him, I said, look, I've seen the tapes. Y'all remember when we had tapes? We had a tape ministry. Well, we really didn't. We had a tape pile. Yeah, and I said, I've seen that. I'll go fix that. Can I? Yes. <laughs> sure. So I went to work. I don't know if you remember. In fact, I think I dug a lot of stuff out, and you wound up taking some of it. <laughs> Justin and I go way back. He worked with me in sound back when he was 13, 14, 15, whatever age. And then he went to work for me. And then I'm surprised he's still here with me. So, uh, yeah. But I had, I had to be aggressive. I had to say, hey, I'd kind of like to try this. I'd like to have a part. I'd like to try it. Some things I did for a while and I quit. I don't want to do that anymore. I didn't like that. Well, okay. I didn't leave the church. I just didn't like that part. Well, okay, let's try something else. Great. So you have a part, you have a gift. It's our responsibility as a body to allow you to operate in that gift appropriately. Y'all with me? Am I just rambling? Okay. Now, you also have a global calling. You also have a big church calling. I don't mean sanctuary. We used to call uh, it... Our, my old church, First Baptist Church, big church. This is big church. It's really not so big tonight. But big church, big sanctuary, big service, big church, or everything else wasn't. But the big C, the global church, God's calling that he has on every believer. Do you know what that is? That is what Jesus said right before he went to heaven. And it's called the Great Commission. Um, which slide am I on? Let's see, let's go right there. Jesus came and told the disciples. Now, who are the disciples? You. Are you a disciple? Have you ever heard that maybe you are a disciple? You're a disciple because you are a follower of Christ and learning to follow his ways. You are being discipled. You are being taught. You are learning to follow Christ. Say, I'm a disciple of Christ. 
sure you really, heaven's jumping up and down over that. Way to go. Okay, so I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Jesus says, Jesus has been given all authority on heaven and on earth. Therefore, because Jesus has been given all authority, now you gotta realize he is man, God in the flesh. He is a man sitting here talking to men, teaching these men. I have been given authority as a man. Jesus is a man, has been given authority by God, spiritual authority over, let's go back. All authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Let's keep going. Teach these new disciples to obey the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So let's go back. Therefore, go. Who? The disciples. I don't even want to say it's necessarily church. It is disciples. Disciples of Christ go and make disciples of all nations. Disciples of all the nations. Trickles on down. So I have, I, I, really, I really fought, I don't want to say I fought, I argued and argued over a word today, really with myself, not as much with uh, Pastor Justin and Pastor Zach, but I argued over the word make because we've heard we need to go reach the nations. I can go and I can shout, I can go and teach, I can go and do stuff, but I am not called to just go out here and go to that nation and see what all great stuff is going on and maybe even get involved in ministry. I am to make disciples. I look at that as kind of like a production plant that is making a widget. At the end of the day, a widget comes off the line. Now, we're not here to, to do clones. We're not here to, to I, I, don't wanna, I don't want to over systematically think this, but I am to make disciples. So what does that mean? It means that I am to start to have relationship and begin to work with someone with the intention of you becoming a disciple of Christ. Make disciples. I can say reach, that way I can send out tracks to the edge of the earth. Maybe it has impact on someone, maybe it doesn't, but I am called, you are called to make disciples. So what does that look like? Have you ever, won, have you ever thought about when you go away from here, have you ever thought, okay, my job is to go out from here and make disciples. When I leave here from church, my call is to go and make disciples. So I did not have lunch today. I did not spend any time today with any lost people. I spent some time with some of my closest people, and I felt like I started to recognize, am I having an intention of making disciples, even with the people that I'm with? And I would hope that they are thinking the same thing about me because I'm a disciple in training. I am still learning. I am still drinking. And I was, we were chewing over some pretty, I don't want to say it was even deep, but it was, it was getting deep. You can laugh at that or however. It, it got deep. Um, 
But I had lunch with a good friend of mine too that's a Christian, loves the Lord. But I started to see I have an intention here to make a disciple now. Do I, what do I have that he needs? And what I have is the word of God. Silver and gold have I none, but what I do have, I give to you. Let me encourage you just for a minute. So, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. What I'm desiring is not for us to just sit here and have a family time, but have a family time with the intention of getting equipped to go out of here and make disciples. That does not say, it doesn't say, therefore, go and bring everyone into the local church. It doesn't say that. It says, go make disciples. God will lead them to the church. God will lead them into the body. If they truly become a disciple and get in his word, they will see they are to be a part of a body. We do not have to fight with them over church. People are not coming to church. They are anti-church. Okay, God never said drag them into the church. You go to them. So with a Christian, I am just there to pour the word of God into them, to listen to them, to care for them, to hear what their needs are. If they're sick, Help them. If they need a jacket, give them a jacket. So it says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teach them, teach them to obey the commands that I've given you. So I'm going to kind of spill the beans on what's next week is because I want to get into the gospel and start training us how to disciple. And I'm not going to sit here and do a discipleship 101. I'm just going to start giving you the gospel. We're just going to start talking about the gospel. And John chapter 1 says that Jesus was the word. The word was him. He is the word. So when I get the word, I get him. Can anybody say amen? When you get the word, do you get Jesus? This is going to sound a little kooky, but I believe that there is a magical thing that happens when you get the word. It's not magical. It's supernatural. It's outside of the natural. It's, it's, you're going to start having ideas. You're going to start having desires. You're going to start having a draw, a leading. You're going to see your next step. Mountains are going to melt. Waters are going to part, possibly literally. God's not beyond a miracle. But can I give you the word? Can I give you a... Uh, testimony of what I've walked through with the Lord. We overcome Satan by the blood of the lamb and by the word of the testimony. There's power in my testimony. So you sit down and say that you've had a hard time with your finances. Let me sit down and talk to you about it. Let me tell you what I've walked through. We have walked through tough times in our finances, and this is what we did. With a lot of prayer and giving and tithing and prayer and no babysitters and not going to movies and not going out to eat and dying to ourselves and scratching and clawing and trying and son of a gun. It worked. We got knowledge. We went to class. We invested a hundred bucks into Dave Ramsey. Cheapest thing I've ever done. Best thing we've ever done. Cheapest hundred bucks, best hundred bucks I've ever spent, ever. Because he has principles. He has testimony. What the guy has is a testimony. That's what he has. He went bankrupt twice. Then he started finding God's principles of how to come out of it. And he's teaching it. And he's making millions. And money. 
and money. <laughs> yeah. Well, I am a disciple of Dave Ramsey as well as a disciple of the Lord. He, those two things work together. He is giving us godly principles. So, can I encourage you to rethink your day? When you have a moment with someone, you have an opportunity to make a disciple. It may not happen overnight. In fact, it's probably not going to. How many of you became a, became a full-blown disciple overnight? Well, not a disciple, a graduated disciple. You don't. It's just a piece at a time. You just sow a seed. I just sowed a seed right there. Now, what God does with that seed, you know what God does with a seed that no man can do? He splits, it, he splits a dead seed and brings life to it. He takes the dead and brings life out of it. He can take his word into a dead person and bring life, even if they don't want it. You know, God's moved in my life so many times when I was not wanting it. In fact, I was doing it for the wrong reasons. Have y'all ever heard my testimony about me reading the one-year Bible? I did it just because my wife upset me. I was mad. She questioned me on my daily reading program, and I didn't have one. And I was a worship leader. Like, don't tell me what to do. <laughs> I'm good. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. As Weaver would say, put it on my tab. So I started angry. And God grabbed me. Changed my life. God's word is real. What you don't realize is that what you have is hope for the people that you're around. Going to all nations, we get confused and think that means we've got to go to Africa. No, it means go to your circle of influence. Go influence those that God has put around you. What's amazing is if we'll influence those around us, it will reach the world. We all have connections. Connections we don't even know are happening. But reach those around you. When you sit down with your child, when you sit down with your spouse, now I don't sit down, like I had lunch with a guy that y'all all know here today. I wasn't sitting here thinking this was a project for me to try to save him from his terrible life. No, we were just eating together. But I did realize, hey, I have an opportunity here to sow into him. That's what I'm called to do. I believe it will change our city if even a small group like this will grab hold of that. Find your place in the body. Find your gift. Let the church body know it. Let's figure out how to use that. Get to serving together. And with the intention of making disciples, making disciples, having impact with those people around us. I'll give you, I'll give you one example that I kind of have in my mind. Maybe you sit down with an atheist, someone that is completely anti-God. What do you do? Well, you need to get saved and turn your life around. Maybe you sit down with a, forgive me, with a homosexual. Okay? I mean, or any type of sinner. Sin. We've all got it. So I'm just kind of hitting some hot topics. Atheists. It is not my desire to turn to 
make or make someone feel like they have to change. I'm not trying to change you in making a disciple. I'm trying to give you um, a new way of thinking. I'm not even trying to say you need, you need to stop doing that. God will do that. I don't have to do that part. The Lord loves the sinner. He died for the sinner. He came for the sinner. So I, what I am supposed to do is to give good news. You're not getting any good news. You're living in hell, and I want to give you good news. So if I sit down with someone that is an atheist, I had an atheist that worked for me at the car wash, and I knew it. So I'm not about to just start saying, you need to repent and turn, you're going to burn, you're going to hell. And No, he's not going to respond to that. But I started, when he started having problems and asking me, I started giving him godly wisdom. Now, it wasn't Jesus says this. It was, do this right here. Let me give you a little nugget. Go out here and walk this out. Now, he doesn't know it's God's word. But when he comes back and says, that worked. That worked with my spouse. That worked in my life. Well, I'm going to just tell you, God's word says this right here. Oh, wait a minute. That's okay. I'm not trying to convert you right here. I just gave you a nugget of what the Lord says. What are you going through now? Okay. I'm going to give you another one. Go try this. And I'm sowing seed. I'm not trying to save somebody right away. You turn and burn on them, they'll turn and burn. They'll leave. But can it, it's like the man that was sitting there, and Peter and John said, hey, the dude says, give me money. I'm lame. Give me money. I can't work. Give me money. We don't have money. But what I do have, I'll give you. Get up off your mat and walk. You see, they didn't say, repent of your sins or you're going to hell. No, what you need right now is you need legs. We're going to give you that. Let the, word, let the Lord work in you right here. Now, that guy had to stand up. He could have laid there, but he had to stand up. So I want to encourage you to rethink your day. I want to encourage you to rethink the focus of this church. When we're together, we're family, asking each other, caring for one another, serving with one another. Where do I fit? I do fit. The pastor says I fit. We just don't know where. You got to try. Go try somewhere. Go try something. I don't know where to start. We'll ask where we have a need. Start with a need. We'll go fill that need and then we'll find what you like. Or tell me what you like. And we'll try to find that. But we've got to get our focus when we go out of here of impacting the people around us. Jesus said, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, teaching them to obey his commands. We have a call. You may say, I don't know the first thing about doing that. That's okay. Give them what you have. Give them your testimony. Get the Bible open. Start, we're, what we're going to start doing on Wednesday night is just start reading through John chapter, John, and just taking the gospel. And it is just two reasons to give you what you're needing and to equip you to give somebody else what they need.
You know, it's how it works. I need to be giving you a message that helps you where you are, but also equips you to help somebody else where they are. Church is not about the Sunday morning service. It is about us going out and making disciples. Church will grow. If we go make disciples, church will grow. So I want you to reconsider. When you go to work tomorrow, rethink, okay, Lord, give me a chance to start making a disciple. It doesn't have to look like you're used to back in the 70s and 80s. You're just beating people to death over what they're doing wrong. Doesn't work. Stop doing that. Love them. Share with them what the Lord's done in your life. Amen. Yeah, do you have something? Awesome. I have research to back this up. Oh. <laughs> Who wants to be surprised? Yeah. <laughs> I was going to tell you, I read a book oh, oh, years ago. It was actually one that you recommended. Um, about people and how they respond to the message of Christ. And actually, I can't remember the number, but it was very few who actually respond to turn or burn messages. I want to say the number was like 4%. Um, But there are those who respond to that. You know, some people really respond to that. Um, And it's what they need. Um, However, the majority of people, and I cannot remember the um, stats in that book, it was that... uh, I don't remember. Anyways, but, but I remember they talked about a relationship, that that's what people respond to, you know, building relationships. And so I, I think that that is uh, so key. That's all I have. It has to be based in relationship. Jesus' disciples were based in relationship. Mm-hmm. If you ever read uh, John, he always is saying the one that Jesus loved. But I think, that, I think that's what I would say. I would be the one that Jesus loved. John was just a little bit uh, strong, and I think he was a. Said it a lot. I think he was a uh, relational person. <laughs> Probably. You know, so. people like that that are very relational. You know. Here. Yeah. <laughs> what are you laughing at, Cody? <laughs> you know how some people are just more um, on the sensitive side. I think that John was probably that way. Where Peter probably would never even think. What? He, he, relationship? You know, P- Peter was a little bit funnier, a little bit uh, stronger in his uh, attitudes. I think I can relate a, little bit more, relate a little bit more to Peter. I get in trouble with what I say, and that's what Peter did. I speak before I think. So, today, family, find that you're part of the body. Um. Justin gave an incredible analogy of uh, being on a cruise ship. Uh, Justin, I know it's 735, but will you go ahead and give that analogy? All right, my first point will be, so uh, the whole concept of salvation, uh, we were walking through uh, a sozo uh, with somebody, and you know, no one reveals names. And our freedom prayer session. And this guy said, well, you know, I feel that I'm walking through my life. I'm, I'm struggling to get to the destiny that God has for me. I know that there's something out there amazing, but I feel like I'm in this little John boat, you know, rowing against this ocean. And I was like, well, man, you know, 
if God is in the boat with you, does it sound like the creator of the universe owns a two-man little John boat in the middle of the ocean? He's like, no, I guess that sounds dumb. So I was like, well, why don't you ask God to give you an image of what a ship that he would own would look like, you know, and he's sitting there and then just starts weeping. It's like, hey, what, what did he show you? He's like, well, I just saw that I was on this cruise ship. I was sitting on top of this luxury uh, cruise ship and the engines are, uh, are below the ship, you know, doing all of this work. And the whole concept of salvation is that the work is done. It's done. And so when Christ looks at us, he's going, well, what do you want to do today? Well, I think I want to go play shuffleboard today. Fantastic. I will empower you to play shuffleboard. And the amazing thing that, that we as believers experience that we are in a lost and dying world. And when we are experiencing the joy of our salvation, people that are in their little two-man John boat see us go by and it's like, well, I want, I want to be on the Disney cruise. And we have got golden tickets that we can, the unfortunate thing is people are going, some people just have it so lucky. It's like, you get a free ride. Here's a, here's a golden ticket. God's making me work for all of this. I'm like, okay, honey, you can wear yourself out. We're gonna go play shuffleboard over here. And if at any point in time, you wanna lay your oars down and join us, go for it. So that was. But what I'd seen from that is we're up on the cruise ship. We have every provision. The Lord has done everything for us. But off the ship are still all those people rowing and trying to keep themselves afloat. And what I saw after he gave that analogy is that this whole part of the body, there are some of you that are the eyes that can spot those people. You see them. There are others that have the ability to throw a life preserver to them. There are others that can get in the water and swim to them. There are others that can go and be a voice to them. There are others that can go and hug them. There are others that can go and teach them. There are others that can go and help pull them in. Do you see that we have a part on the cruise ship, but we also have a part when we leave the cruise ship, we leave the big C church, we leave the little C church on the hill, that we've got an obligation out here to recognize the people that are drowning and to offer them hope. We have hope. And what's so cool is, I don't know if you've ever heard this analogy, but if you, li- if you take a candle and you light someone else's candle, it does not diminish your light at all. Have you ever noticed? If I give you a light from my candle, my candle doesn't come back half lit. I don't lose anything. And that person gets fully lit. So you have light. You have light to share. Nothing to lose. But you are called to reach people, to make disciples. And the Lord has put you around those people because your personality works with them. You may think, oh God, you don't know my personality. You don't know mine. Some of you do. God's put you around them on purpose. Do you know that he said to uh, Esther, Mordecai, 
that I've placed you here for such a time as this. And if you don't do it, someone else will rise up and do it. You rise up. You rise up. Go. You go. And start having impact and make disciples. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Thank you for sticking around with me an extra 10 minutes. Maybe this is why nobody comes on Wednesday night, because I do that. I'm kidding. Thank you, Lord. We just ask, I just ask you, Lord, that you would speak by your Holy Spirit directly to our hearts, that you would show us purpose, you would show us your plan. Lord, that the word that we've shared today, Lord, would be life, and that, Lord, that we would receive it. We would not reject it. And Lord, I just ask you that you would just comfort those that have been hurt, comfort those that have been hurt outside of church, been hurt inside of church. And, Lord, I just pray for healing. I just pray for healing of the church and that we would begin to recognize these little John boats that are sinking and get off our chair and go out and reach them, that we would make disciples of all nations, teaching them to obey your word. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Have a great night. We'll see you Sunday morning.